Hello, and welcome to Between Two Term Sheets, Canada's only podcast that invites investors and founders to discuss the early-stage funding environment in the high-technology space. Our host is Owen Matthews, founder, CEO, serial investor, and general partner at Wesley Clover International. Welcome again to Between Two Term Sheets. Uh, our guests today are uh, Andrew McLeod and uh, Stephen Clark. We're going to talk a little bit about Andrew's business, and uh, Stephen's going to help him with some investment advice and give him some ideas on on how to help the business out. Uh, so, Andrew, welcome. Thanks for having me, Owen. Steve, welcome. Thanks. You bet. Uh, so, Andrew, introduce your business a little bit, what space that you're in, and, uh, and give us an idea of, of what stage you're at. Sounds great. Certain is a platform that is designed to evaluate people and go beyond the traditional credit check. So instead of looking at people's credit history, we look at their social and behavioral profiles. We've also developed the largest risk database on the planet to help really get down deep and beyond just those financial factors that uh, contribute to whether it be default or maybe damage to a property uh, or maybe a bad employee. So at a high level, you've got a new way of approaching credit risk. Yeah. And obviously uses for lending, other uses. Exactly. What other uses have you got? Well, uh, our primary market's property management. That's been where myself and my co-founders came from originally. And then another area that we've been sort of thrusted into is human resources. It's really expensive to hire somebody who's not the perfect candidate and to be able to do it affordably and, and quickly is something that doesn't really exist in the market right now. Great. So when you're talking about landlords, you're talking about vetting tenants, making sure they're appropriate, likely to pay. Exactly. And when you're talking about employees, good employees, people who are a good fit with the organization, that kind of thing. Any way to evaluate people, really. Yeah. Okay. Great. And what stage are you at? Where are you at in, 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 the, in the cycle of the business? So in the cycle of the business, we launched our betas in July. We had some successful pilots, and then we're about to go into general availability here in the next... Well, pretty much right now. <laughs> so so you're ready to launch. You've got a couple of early customers. Yep. Those early customers are happy. Yep. And yes. paying. <laughs> and paying. There you go. All right. Perfect. Um, so uh, I'm going to introduce you to Stephen. Uh, and thanks for joining the uh, the show, Stephen. Give us a quick summary of why you'd be qualified to comment on on, on certain and, and help Andrew out here. Give us, give us a little background on who you are. Well, I'm probably not qualified. <laughs> I just came for the coffee. Um, gosh, I'm old, for one. Um, I've been doing uh, finance and small businesses for, shit, or gosh darn, 47 years. A uh, long time. I've uh, done about... 14, maybe 15 uh, startups that I've been directly involved in. Um, I've lost count, but some 400 small businesses I've financed. Uh, we continue to finance business. We put out about $20 million a year in contracts. So over that amount of time, uh, we've seen just about all you can see. <laughs> so you're, you're in the business of lending now? 
Yes. You've been in the business of lending for a long time. Yep. You've started companies up that uh, that that are involved in lending or mm-hmm. the, are in the business of lending, and and you've had a few successes in your years. Yeah. What might be interesting is out of a I counted up a while back out of the fourteen businesses that I was president, CEO, major shareholder, day-to-day involvement, uh, four of them were home runs. Uh, Four of them, maybe even five, were pretty much failures. Um, No one uh, lost any money other than the shareholders. We paid all our bills and quietly shut them down. And in the middle, that, that middle number, six or so, they just plugged along, some of them for 10 years, some of them for three years, uh, these slow drips of, of not making any money, but you know, not really losing any. And so you get a different perspective. And then, of course, at the end of the day, the, the question is, well, what, were the, what caused the home runs to happen? What's the opposite on the ones that didn't? And how do I stay away from the drips in the middle? I'd almost rather go broke and move on than have some drip out for 12 years and wait for still have nothing at the end. Yeah, you know uh, that's that's fabulous and 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 right in line with with the type of advice that Andrew needs. I mean, yeah. he's, he's he's moving into the business of not not specifically lending, but certainly uh, you know the details around how to lend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you're uh, you know you you've got lots of experience on uh, as a customer the type of tools that you would want when you evaluate a lender, uh, and plenty of experience as an entrepreneur building some companies and 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 making some home runs. Um, so perfect. Uh, when you look at a business like this, what type of questions would you start uh, start asking? Well, you can all read the same internet sites and and get the same four or five, but obviously it starts with a business plan, you know. And but really, because anybody can go on the internet and and download a business plan and fill in the blanks. Uh, so that's yeah, what you did, right, Andrew? That's <laughs> rip made all it all up, right? R and D. You know, so really, at the end of the day, you have to start looking deeper into it. Uh, I usually start out with the character uh, of the individuals, you know, the central management group. Uh, what they're, if you can, uh, ascertain an intelligence factor, uh, uh, an experience, a formal training, um, and, and, and how much commitment they and quite often their family is, is willing to put forward. That's where it starts. You know, would you agree with that? Definitely. I mean, I don't know if my degree from the University of Delaware online is going to, you know, talk about my intelligence or confidence, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks good to have a friend yeah, in the yeah, office. Exactly. Oh, you don't have an office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, you got to have something like that. But you had you you brought with you some great experience, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, have a few failures in your own right. Oh yeah, a few failures in my own right. Uh, the, I mean, that's that's definitely what made our team really strong. I think. Uh, of the eight people we have right now, I think there's only one guy that doesn't have a master's degree and he gets a bit of, a bit of trouble for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we've all had successes and failures in the past trying to start our own businesses in, in relevant spaces or, or sometimes irrelevant spaces. I, I didn't see you there, uh, Steve, but Andrew spoke uh, two weeks ago at, uh, at an event where they... Uh, 
they very publicly disclose a, a significant failure. And uh, Andrew spoke about uh, the, the challenges of creating the equivalent of a Kijiji or Craigslist on a, mm-hmm. on a campus and uh, how it didn't work out so well for him. Uh, and yet, you know, many great businesses uh, later on uh, grew immediately in that space. Uh, so uh, anyway, Andrew is, has been entrepreneurial since his, since his days in college. What do you think you're best at? That would probably be about the second or third question uh, in, in a financing situation. What do you, what do you, what's your core competency that you guys have? We're supposed to be super honest, but I would say the best thing that we're the thing that we're best at is probably finding the white space, finding a, a gap in the market and asking the right questions to get customers or potential customers to tell us what they really need and then developing a product around our customers' needs. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, my business partners would call the the strength of that convincing people to do something that they probably shouldn't do from a timing perspective, you know, getting people to buy into an idea before it's been built so you can build a company that's got customers and not just you know a technology that maybe no one will use yeah, this is similar to to our approach in almost any portfolio company is making sure that there is some sort of known quantifiable customer demand it's not a, a deep underlying technology like quantum computing that's going to take 15 years to, to roll around we like to understand the customers and understand the demand before we start pouring cash into it and they're, they're they have that same philosophy but you know you, you kind of said three things right there one is uh, listening you know, to the customer uh, and identifying their their need. You know, which is really sales, yeah. right? You know, I mean, if you, you quite often in businesses that we evaluate, um, they they might have a start and they might have an idea, but if they can't get it on the shelf, you know, if they can't get it in front of the customer and monetize that, you know, and so you've got every business needs to have a complement of certain skill sets. You know, and so I'll start to look to see if all those components are there, and quite often a p- component's missing, um, finance or whatever it might be um, in in that wheel, uh, and and then the question is is does the central management uh, team have the wherewithal, the brains, what it looks like, and the financial capabilities at the time to go get that missing component, that missing complement? You know, you said a, two other things. Things too that that go back, especially today with with all this leading edge and the way technology is, is you identified a gap, a need in the in in the marketplace. And I'm going to ask you a question. You know that sometimes is tough because people uh, traditional marketing was different, but today people don't always with innovation and technology they don't even know <laughs> they need that. You know I don't. You know there's been several. That, some of my most successful businesses, when I told them about it, they went, well, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, yachts and cars and all that later, they go, oh, well, I guess it wasn't such a bad idea. <laughs> you know? but did, have you got, did you get that at first with, with certain? Did you get some people go, what are you talking about? 
Definitely. I mean, there's definitely that those things that people say that eventually come back to haunt them, like, uh, you know, famous quotes from the guys that I don't think it was uh, was Kodak. You know, nobody's ever going to switch to digital cameras. Yeah. You know, we have the same thing right now with our some of the property managers that we talked to in the early days was how do you bring applications online for property management? Well, no one's ever going to fill a property management application in online. Yeah. Well, yeah. They do everything else online. Why, you know, why, why wouldn't they fill in an application for a property online? Well, actually, it's getting to a point where um, some are thinking you're less of a property manager if you don't have that as an option. It's, it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's evolved to that. You know, it's, it's changed. Kind of at the same time, and again, trying to get what you're best at. And, and to me, it's so important to stay focused on that. Uh, but another comment that's sort of implied in your answer, uh, and even in the introduction on, uh, you had a primary idea, you know, and, and I see this also. I see people, uh, it's, it's, it's back in the dark ages, is never quit, never quit, never quit. I encourage people to quit. I encourage my <laughs> You know, I mean, rather than keep marching down a bad idea, you know, I'll tell my daughter, add a girl, quit that one, you know. (laughs) And so, but keeping your strength, keeping, you know, what you're best at, keeping that gap in mind, right, and and keeping your, some of your core competency and and your complement, are you a story then of keeping your head up and looking out and where you might have started down one path? to found another path in in the way. Can you talk about that a little bit? Definitely. Well, I, I think your point is exactly right. There's a, that old school mentality of, you know, always hustling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned best, you know, growing up in sports like rugby and football, you got to keep your head on a swivel. You know, you can be the hardest hustler, but you have to make sure that you're running in the yep. right direction. So I find my peers in the industry, my fellow entrepreneurs sometimes don't, are afraid to make that pivot. You know, they're, they keep bashing their head against the wall so hard and just trying to hustle that they're not taking a step up and saying, hey, we have a really great product for X. I mean, with, with certain, we started in property management because that's what we knew. We were able to bring on a lot of clients really quickly based on our relationships. And we started going down the, the route of financial services because we had customers that really wanted it and they were really excited about it. But then you get kind of deep into it without, um, you know, maybe doing research on the amount of time it takes. And then, you know, coming into situations where it was 13 months to do an integration or 24 months to get in front of their software people where they love the idea. But in, in your mind as an entrepreneur and someone who likes to move fast, it's like, well, you know, in 24 months, I'll have... It could be dead just waiting. Could be, yeah, it could be dead just waiting, or, or I might have invented the next best thing. Mm-hmm. So for us to kind of pop our heads up and say, you know, what what other things could we be looking at to run in, in tandem with the idea that our platform evaluates people? And we had a, a really a famous guy in the HR space yeah. come to us and say, hey, you, you got to be looking at this space because this is another space that's in need of disruption. So that's, you know, where you have your head on a swivel saying, so okay. You're starting in property management. You've, you, it's a, it, it started the core need. Exactly. When you go down that track, you realize you've got, you know, a great data set. You understand a whole pile about, you know, what landlords want to know about, about tenants so they can, uh, you know, fill, uh, you know, fill their apartments with the right type of people. 
you hear, hear the strong demand from finance, so you go down that track, you start looking at it, you start looking at credit ratings and lending and that kind of thing. Uh, and, and you know, that could turn into, with larger banks, a long waiting time. And then, you know, you, you, you realize that there are other market potentials. So, so along comes, you know, another market potential, which is, which is HR, that are willing to move quickly. Uh, and and Steve, when you were first introduced to this, you know, you, you provided a little bit of advice to Andrew, which was, you know, maybe the banks or the larger organizations, you know, will will take a little too long, and mm-hmm. perhaps they should look at alternative lenders, you know, yep. that, that, because they can decide a little yep. bit more quickly, and there's a little bit more fat in the in the interest or whatever to mm-hmm. uh, to afford a, a, a deeper dive. Yeah, and that's back to what you were saying about listening to your customer, you know, and 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 trying to ascertain, you know, who's what are the needs that are out there, and how can I best with my core strengths, you know. Again, you have to stay with that. Well, you know, every almost every day, I don't look at every deal, but um, a lot of our financing right now is businesses that have been around three, four, five years, right, and and. And and they'll uh, they'll have, they'll be making a ten percent margin. They'll be breaking even. They'll be losing a ten percent margin. But they'll have come up with a new strategy, another location, a diversification, that kind of thing. And so that screams risk to traditional financiers, bankers. The ratios don't fit, you know, uh, and the and and the fear of looking up and and looking out. The opposite of keeping your head up uh, is trying to be all to all. You see some yeah. get spread so thin they don't understand, you know, the essence of, of their core competency and to be able to get that part done, you know, uh, so that it qualifies. And then it's strategy on where's where, where can I build on that core competency? Where can I build on that strength? You know, do you guys get around and I mean, have you gone to your others and said, well, that's a terrible idea? We definitely have. I mean, the a nice thing about our company and the teams that we build is, is I'm a firm believer in when you when you have your founding team, you need to look for uh, the hustler, the architect, and the banker. Yeah. You know, the if you do everything with a hustler, you're gonna you're gonna do exactly that. You're gonna chase the money everywhere and be all things to all people. Yep. Um, and if you're gonna be a banker, you're just gonna. <laughs> Well, I don't know what you're going to do. You're not going to take any risk. Um, and so, you know, with, with the guys that I started certain with and have worked with for a really long time, we have that really great balance where we can say, okay, you know, one of us, uh, you know, two of us actually lean probably way to more towards the hustler side. It's like we want to do this where we have mm-hmm. our banker who comes and says, like, let's put a plan together and, and see where it works. And then... Um, I'd say I'm probably more on the architect side of like, how do we get to that goal without um, alienating our customers? What are our resources look like? Um, And how do we build something that's not all things to all people, but gives us a solid MVP so that we can test it. And, you know, like you mentioned before, Steve, you don't want a company that's just breaking even. It's, you know, is it killing it? Is it not killing it? And do we keep it or do we you know, kill that branch of the company. So you're uh, at minimum viable product now. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're launching general release. And at some point soon, you're going to need money to expand. Yep. Talk about, um, you know, is this a typical venture business? 
somebody that's that that's in the field, you know, lenders, uh, you know, property managers. You know, is this the type of thing that you want strategic money, or is it the type of thing where you know we we should be looking at classic venture capital to to drive the growth? I think it's really a balance when you look at companies. You have to look at the company's strength and where to take that funding from. So, in a way, we are. Uh, a traditional venture funded company but unlike a lot of venture funded companies and a lot of, unlike a lot of VCs uh, you know that that you would typically talk to as a venture company a lot of venture companies are looking for or for someone to help them grow you know whether it be connections or sales or marketing or you know what are those core competencies that they're looking for for us I, I think that we're a little bit different where we are very good at sales. That's one of our core competencies, but we're looking for people to help us maybe get smarter in a certain vertical where, you know, strategic investors would come into play or find the extra margin, understand, find the, extra understand margin. the pricing for a particular vertical. Exactly. So, you know, guys like Steve. And then on the other side, it's uh, how do we acquire the best possible talent to run efficiently? I mean, that's why we got into a relationship with Alacrity and Wesley Clover because we we're able to find talent that, I mean, I would say you couldn't find anywhere else. They brought more than money. Exactly. Exactly. Steve, do you have comments on strategic money versus classic venture capital? You know, first off, it's all very expensive. If you take that that four wins, four losses, and and six in the middle, um, and and you could talk about this all. And I mean, you know, I might have in in borderline's portfolio six, seven, eight companies. You know, um, and so uh, I'm I need to get a huge return. Right on on that four, you know, to make me feel okay about the other ten, you know, uh, and so it's expensive, and and we all know, you know, it's expensive because uh, I don't know what the number is, but I mean, you've got to, you know, to get that huge return, you need about forty, fifty, sixty percent ROI per year on your money. So you need somewhere out there, uh, four or five years out, you need three hundred percent return because you didn't get nothing <laughs> you know the first four or five years right and so what your comment it's a, it's a matter for an investor to calculate the risk the, are they happy with maybe a shot at 20 percent return four years out or or do they really need 60 and it's the same all the way back to your your, your large financial institutions they're ascertaining the risk so how good your business plan how good your central management how long you've been at it, how much cash flow. Most of the business I started, almost every one, lost a, a boatload of money the first three, four, five years. Six, seven hundred thousand, a million dollars. We, you know, the banks don't worry about that. They worry about how it's been financed in, in the past. If it's financed on receivables or something, they worry about that. But they're looking for the future, and the longer you're at it, the more successful you're at it, the lower the perceived risk is, and so the cost of funds, whether it be short-term or long-term, is is there. So everything is is building that path and in the right direction to hold out uh, a lower risk. You'll get more people wanting to, to invest if they think the risk is lower. Excellent. Definitely. All right. It's a great conversation, guys. Any closing comments before we wrap up? 
Thanks for having us on. This has been a lot of fun. Can I keep this mug? Yeah, the mug's yours. The mug is yours. That's the little extra bit of margin we provide when you come into our offices. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks. So that's it for today's show. You've been listening to Between Two Term Sheets. This episode is brought to you by Alacrity Global, which brings investors, academic institutions, entrepreneurs, and governments together to create technology startup funds around the globe. Go to alacrityglobal.com to find out more about Alacrity's initiative.